listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Appreciate you guys being on today. Today's going to be an awesome day. We're going to be uh, telling these miracle stories, which I love. And um, I actually had one that I wanted you to tell first, Dad. There's a, I remember hearing you tell this story. Um, so if we could start with that. And then also, yeah, my, my wife said, and you don't, or if that might be Jenna, and you don't have to wear a mask. No masks required at Miracle Word University. Or in the store. Come in with no mask on digitally. Um, <laughs> hey, Patty Lee. There's Patty Lee. Love you and Steve. Um, I remember you telling this story. And I'm sure you'll you'll tell a little bit about how the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in these stories as you're telling them. But remember that story of um, that pastor who would be either at his house or in his office in the church. And the Lord would tell him to go out into the field and preach on adultery. <laughs> tell that story. Well, I had a minister friend, and he loved the move of the Spirit. He loved God. And every day he would go into the office at the church, open his Bible, read the Word, pray. And one day he was doing and he did this every day, week after week. But something unusual took place. As he was sitting there, the Lord said, go and get in your car. And drive to where I tell you. And when you get there, I'll tell you what I want you to do. So he got in a car and uh, drove out of the church parking lot out towards the country. And he got up near uh, a big cornfield. And the Lord said, pull over here. So he pulled over and he got out of the car. And the Lord said, now as loud as you can, I want you to preach against the sin of adultery. So my friend, he began to preach to the corn stalks. <laughs> Can you imagine? You corn that are messing around, you going to hell. <laughs> but no, he preached on adultery. He said he preached a message. When he was done, he got in his car, went back to the church. Thought that was the strangest thing, but he wanted to obey God. The first thing that we dealt with in this series this week about operating the gifts of the Spirit, God gives you an instruction. Now, it may not make sense to your natural mind, but God, who knows the beginning and the end, he knows everything in between, God knows what he's doing. Well, a few days went by, he was back in his office as he was every day, studying, praying, and um, he hears that, Inward witnessing it. Get in your car, drive to where I show you. So he gets in his car and he drives out of town a different way. And he comes up by a field and it hasn't been hayed yet, but it's a big old field. The Lord said, get out. He gets out. What do you want me to say, Lord? He knew he was going to say something. The Lord said, I want you to preach again against the sin of adultery. And so he did. Well, when he's done, he got back in his car, drove back to his office. And um, 
a couple of days later, while he's studying, there's a knock on his office door. He says, come in. And it was one of his board members. And his board member started crying and fell on his knees. And he said, Pastor, pray for me. And what's wrong? Well, he said, you know, I've been having an affair with a woman in this church. And we decided a couple of weeks ago we would meet. And I, we went out into a cornfield and put a blanket down. And we were just in the midst of sinning when you pulled up and preached to us <laughs> about the sin of adultery. He said, we straightened right up. And then we thought, how did he know we were here? Of course, the pastor didn't. He was just being led by the Spirit. He said, that scared us. But about a week or two later, we decided we'd meet again on the other side of town in a hay field. And so they did. They must have been country folks. <laughs> Sometimes people rent hotels. But anyhow... <laughs> As they were getting ready to commit fornication, adultery, here comes the pastor again. Got out and preached him straight to hell. And so he said, I know the Lord's shown you. Pray. And the pastor said he was more shocked than anybody. <laughs> he didn't know his board member was fooling around, and especially when he told him who the woman was. Right. So that's a beautiful story. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. There is a leading where God will use you if you'll allow him. It won't make sense or you may not even have knowledge in the natural mind. But the thing is, God has a purpose. Brother Hagin was a lot like that. But we need to yield to the spirit. I see Tony Jones is on. He's crying. I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> laughing. Amen. Lynn Armstrong. She's a nice lady from up Brother Dross. So many of you dear people. But that happened. Winona Deset, our friend. And uh, so, Ted, there, there is multiple layers of things that God does when we yield our lives uh, to the Holy Spirit, led, hear his voice, and do his will. It's amazing because sometimes you'll be used by God and you don't even know you're being used by the Lord. It's like that time I called my, I had two people in my phone that had the same uh, first name. And I had my phone sorted by first name, not last. And so I went to call the one guy who's my buddy. He's like my age and he lives in the North. And I went to call him. And I accidentally called the guy right next to him, who's also a pastor, two pastors. And the guy had the same first name, different last name. He lived in the South, but I didn't recognize I hit the wrong number. And so I, I pulled it up and I'm waiting for my buddy to answer the phone. And I get a voicemail, but it's like this Southern accent. And I'm like, why is he putting on this Southern accent on his voicemail? Like, what in the world is he doing? Like trying to be goofy with his voicemail or something? And so I thought... It was my friend that was my age, the pastor from up north. And so when I got the beep on the voicemail, I was like, what's up, you reprobate? Just calling to see if you're still preaching the gospel, if you're falling into sin and false doctrine like that, just joking around. Well, it turned out it was the other pastor from the south with the same first name. So like about a, a week goes by, 
And finally, I get a a call and it, I, I get a voicemail because I missed it. And I looked at and it was that. I was like, oh, there's my my buddy from the South. He called and I said, I missed his call. And he left me a voicemail. And here's here's this voice on the other side. I was like, hey, Brother Ted, it's, uh, it's so-and-so. Yeah, I got your message and we're still preaching the gospel and uh, still living for the Lord. Like, I was, and my face like drained of blood. I was like, oh man, I called that uh, older pastor down down there. Instead of calling my friend, I called the wrong guy. And I thought I just had made a mistake and I was like very embarrassed. And then three years later, after that, I got word that that pastor that I had called had been having an affair. Uh, and they told me, when they told me when it started, I went back to the week they said it started. That was the exact week that I called him accidentally on the phone. That uh, that would have been the week he he started in sin. And he gets this message on his phone. Hey, you reprobate. Call us if you're still preaching the gospel, if you've fallen into sin. And literally the Lord used me. And I didn't even know I was being used by the Lord. That happens, doesn't it? People get, you know, they think it's a mistake. And it's actually God using it to speak Many to somebody. Many times. I pray for you to be healed in your stomach, friend. Whatever that parasite is, I curse it, command it to die. We release healing to your body right Amen. now. Amen. Jesus, Jesus' name. Exactly, Patty. No accident. Um, Steve Lee's wife? Yep. Oh, she's nice. I, I remember her. They have two children or three? Uh, two. Yeah. That I know of. Yeah. Yeah, I remember them. <laughs> Praise God. Well, that happens. Sometimes the Lord uses us in spite of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. But that's the beautiful thing about being led by the Spirit. God has an ultimate goal, not just for you, but for every single life. Every single life, God has a goal for your life, a plan for your life, if you will. Mm -hmm. The great verse from Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. And the gifts of the Spirit can literally be like a rudder on a ship. They can help steer us in the direction where God has already prepared the best conclusion, Mm -hmm. the best life now. And by yielding and being led by the Spirit, God's not going to lead you into sin. God's not going to lead you into a place of sickness or disease or destruction. God's not going to lead you into a place where you're going to become broke. But God's going to lead you into a life where all things are working together for your good. Amen. To them that are the called, according to his purpose. There's a purpose there. Yeah. And that purpose is that our life is to do the will of God. Even right there in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, my friend. Amen. Do the will of God. Amen. God's will is uh, exactly Sister Armstrong. You know, she's a nice lady. Have you ever, do you know who I'm talking about, Lynn Armstrong? Yeah, of course. We know Lynn. Okay. I remember when I was a little boy, I was sitting in church right here in West Virginia where my grandfather pastored, now my uncle pastored pastors and uh, I was sitting in the pew and uh, they used to have the chairs up on the platform where the ministers would sit and uh, I remember sitting there during the Sunday morning service 
And I saw my dad get up out of his chair and walk out, left the service. And I thought he was just going to the bathroom or something. Never came back. And then when the service was over, he still wasn't back. And mom and I and Megan got a ride back to the house. And he came back uh, hours later. But tell that story. The Lord told you to get up in the middle of the church service. Well, pastor invited me to come and pray over the offering. Mm -hmm. My brother, Pastor Tim. So when I stood up, the Lord said to me, I'm going to give you a word of knowledge for someone to pray for him today. He said, there's a man back over on this side. He's having heart trouble, and I want to heal him. So I, I said, folks, I know I'm going to pray over the offering, but there's a man sitting back here the Lord shows me. You've been having heart trouble this morning and even in the service. Who is that man? And it was Bob Dixon. Mm -hmm. And Bob stood up. And he said, that would be me. He said, did my wife call you? I said, no, no. Prayed for Bob and God extended his life. And he lived even more years before he went to heaven. He was an older man. Then I got ready to pray over the offering again. And the Lord said, there's a woman back over here that has this problem. So I said, uh, who's the woman over here to my right, the left side of the auditorium? You have this problem. You're dealing with it right now. And a lady, she lifted her hand. That's me. And so I prayed for her. So now I'm ready to pray for the offering. I didn't want to, you know, it's the morning, Sunday morning service. Pastor's getting ready to preach. And I got another word. And the Lord said, someone needs $500. I said, now listen, this shows you it's the Holy Ghost. If a preacher says, who needs $500, i would have had my hand up even if I didn't know if I needed it. <laughs> But I said, there's someone here you need $500. Who is that? Nobody lifted their hand. I waited a moment. I said, I must have missed it. So I said, all right, let's pray. And then I hear another word. The Lord said, someone's lungs are filled up with fluid, severe pneumonia. They need to be healed. Now, notice God didn't say someone here. He just said someone. So I said, who has pneumonia? You're battling. <clears throat> Your lungs are filling up. Nobody lifted their hand. So I could tell Pastor Tim was getting nervous. You know, he didn't know what I was doing. But that was because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I prayed over the offering and I sat down. And when I sat down on the platform, I heard the Lord say, the last two uh, words of knowledge, they're not here in this service. But if you'll go get in your car, I'll lead you to those people. I'd never had that happen in my life. So I get up. Doesn't look good. Pastor stands up. He's reading his text, and I get up and leave the service. Well, I got in my car, and the Lord told me to go out of the parking lot. He said, go left. I went left. Drove into Fairmont. He said, all right, I want you to go left up here. And I did. And uh, then I saw a parking lot. He said, pull in here. So I pulled into the parking lot, and a man that I knew from our church, he pulls in right about the same time as I did. I said, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing here? And then I realized this was one of the ones God was leading me to. I said, which one are you, $500 or something's wrong with your lungs? He said, what are you talking about? I said, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, well, it would be the 500. I put my used car in the newspaper and I offered it for 500 and uh, he said, man, Shuttlesworth, he said, I can't even skip church one Sunday morning, you find me. I said, well, all I know is the Lord says the 500 is yours. 
And I get in my car to drive away. And he's shaking his head, and I roll the window down. I said, don't forget, $50 of the 500 is your tithe. <laughs> and he just threw his hands up. So I'm driving, and I'm waiting for God to tell me. And I didn't have anything, I thought. And so now I'm clear on the other side of town. I'm a half hour from my brother's church. I look at the clock. They'll be done before I get back. And I remembered my buddy, Don Johnson, had a church over on that side of town, and they started at 12 noon. So I thought, I'll just, I'll just go over here. So I pull in, and Elder Brown, James, uh, not James Brown, but Elder Brown, uh, sees me and says, oh, praise God, Brother Shuttlesworth. The pastor's not doing good. He needs prayer. Come on in. And so I go in, and I said, God's going to heal his lungs. He said, how would you know? He has pneumonia. He just got out of the hospital. And I went in, I prayed for Brother Johnson. The Lord healed him instantly. He said, come on, let's go to church. We went in, and we had church. <laughs> Afterwards, he said, I'm going over to the Holiday Inn. They got a Sunday afternoon buffet. Let's go get some fried chicken and stuff. So I went, and I ate lunch with Brother Johnson and his wife and, and, and family. Well, that was an unusual work of the Holy Spirit, but God used it to bring money. Whoever believes God's prophets, you'll prosper. There's money in the gifts of the Spirit released for God's divine purposes. And in this case, there was a miracle of healing for a man of God who had just got out of the hospital and contracted severe uh, pneumonia in both of his lungs and, and uh, had a hard time breathing. Well, the rest of the story, son, was uh, later that winter, I was up in Canada preaching for a friend of mine, and his son was far from God. In fact, he was in university studying to be a lawyer. And uh, the pastor said, oh, Brother Ted, my, my son loves you, and he, he's going to come back from whatever city it was, and he's going to come to hear you. I said, oh, that's beautiful. And uh, so when he came, I hugged him. Good to see you. I could tell by the smell of him he wasn't living for God. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Smoking, drinking, carrying on. But I went in, preached that night. And the pastor said, now, my mother-in-law is going to have a little refreshment at her house. And he said to his son, help Brother Ted and Sister Bonnie get over there and show them the way. So we get in the car. He's in the front seat. I'm here. Bonnie, your mother's in the back. And hello, Tracy, Shanu. So he starts to tell me what to do. I said, and the Lord said, tell him the Lord is going to show you how to get there. So I said, don't tell me anything, son. The Lord's going to show me how to get there. He says over 10 miles from here. I said, and when the Lord does, see, come out of my spirit. You need to give your heart to Christ. And he doesn't say anything. So I pull out just like I did many months before when I first did it. I get to the entrance of the parking lot, but instead of going left, the Lord said, go right. So I, I turn right and I'm driving down this street and he says, 50-50 chance, but I knew I made the right choice. Mm -hmm. So I'm going, I'm going, the Lord said, get ready. There was a entrance onto the QEW down to the right. The Lord said, don't get on it but go down one more block and you'll see a gas station go left. So I go down another block and I see um, a gas station like a Sunoco stoplight. And the Lord said, this is where you go left. Well, when I stopped at the light, I could tell he's getting nervous. 
And I look in the mirror and your mother's in the back seat praying in speed tongues. We're <laughs> believing for that young man to get saved. Well, I turn left and now he's getting nervous. He's moving in his seat. And I drive a good five miles out of that town, getting out into the country. And as I'm driving, the Lord said, there'll be a street up here in that stand of woods. You go right. And so I start slowing down and I notice he's shifting in his seat. Your mom's praying in speed tongues. <laughs> and so I go right on that little uh, uh, road in the woods. As I'm going down, the Lord said, take a left right up here at the next street. So I take a left. It's a cul-de-sac. And I, I go in there and I come around the cul-de-sac and I see a house, lights on the porch, all the cars. I pulled in right behind the pastor's car. I look over at his son and tears are running down his face. Tears are running down his face. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Well, he later left law school, gave his heart to the Lord and ended up pastoring close to a thousand people. And the Lord used that leading through the word of knowledge. That's the word of knowledge. But there was a word of wisdom combined with it. When God does this, he predictive concerning his future, then God is going to save you and you're going to be used. You're going to be used uh, in the kingdom. It's amazing. Um, if I mean, I know people have never... Many people have never heard these stories before. If you've watched this, uh, we, we've done stories on the gifts of the Spirit before. But the reason we tell them is because, you know, it, number one, it builds your faith. But number two, it shows you what's possible also, not just as a minister, but every believer is called to be led by the Spirit of God and to operate in the same way Jesus did. He said, the works that I do, you'll do also in greater works than these because I'm going to be with the Father, the gifts of the Spirit are more needed than ever before. I remember when we when we went down to, um, remember we went down to, uh, I was going to Bible school, and uh, I had already planned to go to the Bible school my dad and mom went to, my grandfather, grandmother, all my family, everybody in my family went to the same Bible school. And then I felt in my spirit, after praying at high school, that the Lord spoke to me to go down to Rama, but then we went down there to move move down to start the semester, and um, remember we were in um, Cracker Barrel. Well, Brother Shambach was there. Yep. And your mother and I uh, had uh, picked him up. Mm -hmm. uh, he was going to preach at Billy Joe Dordery's church, mm -hmm. and. We took you over there. We didn't know you needed an apartment. You needed a place to live. Right. So Brother Shambach said, hey, son, talking about Teddy, good to see you. What are you doing? Teddy said, I'm going to go to Bible school here. I'm going to Ramah. And uh, Brother Shambach ordered. I still remember. He always got that big uh, uh, breakfast with pancakes, eggs. Country boy breakfast. But he'd, get, he'd say, sausage, patties, flat, you know, like that. <laughs> and uh, But anyhow... <laughs> Uh, we said, Brother Shambach, Teddy doesn't uh, have a place to live yet. Would you pray a blessing? Um, pray a blessing for us to find an apartment for him. And so Brother Shambach said, I, I sure will. And he prayed, and we got up, and we left. 
So I remember a name. I think it was called Iola. Does that sound right? Yeah. And um, mom, your mother, had found some listings of apartments, but we couldn't find that Iola Street if you paid us. So we're driving around, driving around. I said, look, here's a little real estate office. We'll pull in there. And I come in. There's a lady sitting there. I said, ma'am, do you know where this street address is? This apartment's called Iola. She said, actually, I'm the one that rents that house. Oh, I said, praise God. Oh, you're a Christian. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I'm from Pittsburgh. I said, I live up by Pittsburgh. She said, I used to go to a Bible school here called Rama. I said, that's what we're here to get our son. He's enrolling in Rama. Well, she says, <laughs> she says, uh, I went to Rama and I end up staying here. I said, how did you ever, I, I don't know why I even asked her. I said, how in the world did you ever get down here to Rama? Well, she said, have you ever heard of an evangelist named R.W. Shambach? <laughs> I used to hear him preach on the radio in Pittsburgh, and I got saved out of his ministry and felt called to God. I said, ma'am, I, I know you're a believer. I just finished eating breakfast with Brother Shambach over at the Cracker Barrel, and he prayed that we would find a place for our son. Mm -hmm. She got tears in her eyes. She got up. We got up. You were and mom were outside. We went and to find Iola. You needed a compass, an Apache tracker, as well as a GPS. Somehow they tucked that street back in there. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'll never forget it. We pulled in there, got it, the paperwork signed up, everything done. And within that afternoon, uh, Teddy had his apartment. Mm -hmm. Well, now we're going over to the mall because he's got to get a job. I told him, I said, you have to work. <laughs> so we go over to that mall. I yep. forget the name of Woodland it. Woodland Hills Mall. Yeah, Woodland Hills. And we're going in, and there's a store on the left called Backrack, suits, clothes. And Teddy and I went in there, and we came out. We're standing by where the escalator goes down. Yeah. And uh, coming down the hall of the mall is T.L. Osborne. Yep. You remember this? Yeah. And Brother Osborne sees me. He could never say my name, Shuttlesworth. So Brother Osborne goes, Shambach sidekick. <laughs> That's what he called me. I think he watched too many cowboy movies. But anyhow, <laughs> what are you doing? I said, well, this is my son. This is uh, my son, Teddy, and he's looking for a job. All right, let's pray that God will give him the yeah. best job in Tulsa. He said, young man, lift your hands. Lift your hands right in the mall. <laughs> right by the food court. And so <laughs> Teddy does, and Brother Osborne <laughs> prays that he gets the best job yep. in Tulsa. He didn't say in the mall. He said in Tulsa. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. he says, I have to pick up a suit. I'm going on a crusade to France. And so he leaves us and goes in back rack. Well, Teddy ended up getting a job. I forget the name of that place. Yeah, so when I went home that night, see, I'd put in a bunch of um, bunch of different applications. When I got home, I was unloading the minivan into the apartment, uh, all the stuff, and a guy came across the parking lot. It was dark. And uh, he said, hey, man, you moving into the uh, complex? I said, yeah. He said, "What are you doing here?" I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to I'm starting I'm starting at Rama." He said, "I'm a Rama student as well." He said, "I'm a second year student." Um, he said, "Did you get a job yet?" 
I said, no, that's what I was actually out uh, today doing was putting in applications. He said, man, you need to apply where I work. He's like, it's one of the best jobs in the city. He said, um, you know, you don't even have to have any experience, which I didn't. I had no experience. The only thing I'd done is cut grass and pack tapes here in my dad's office into cardboard boxes. And uh, neither of those look good on a resume. Anyway, so I went out. He, I said, where is it? He said, well, the place is called Metris is the name of the uh, company. He said, but it's actually owned by MasterCard. It's it's a MasterCard collection center. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll go apply. Hello, Scotland. <laughs> Glasgow, good to see you. Um, so I went down and... Uh, when it went inside and applied and, and the guy asked me, I'm like, I'm 18 years old. You know, a guy asked me, he said, so how much money would you like to make? And so I, I thought to myself, well, this guy just told me, and this, remember this was what, this was middle of year 2000. So 20 years ago. And he and said, tell him how much they told you over at the store, the, the grocery store to bag groceries. They give you. What was it? Ten dollars no, an no, hour? No, 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 nine dollars. I think not even. Yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't even going to pay me that good at backrack. But uh, I knew that guy was making ten dollars an hour. I mean, remember this? Gas was ninety eight cents a gallon in Tulsa in two thousand. Yeah. Uh, and so I I said, well, my, I knew in my mind my buddy made ten dollars, and I was like, I want at least ten fifty an hour. I thought I was going to have to haggle it. The guy was like, you got it. You can start Monday. He said, we're going to have you come right in. Well. Not only did God bless me immediately with the job, but like even at 18, just by finding that place, I had all this favor at the job and I just started, it just, you know, I told people God was teaching me to take an offering at a young age. I was, I would call people up, collect, and I was bringing in over a million dollars every 10 days, about a hundred thousand dollars a day. They started giving me bonus after bonus, raise after raise. They'd come and give me extra 500, 700, $300. And literally in one day, the prayer by Brother Shambach opened up the apartment. The prayer by Brother Osborne opened up the job. And uh, by the gifts of the Spirit, I was supernaturally blessed through Bible school. I can't, I can't say that. Like some people say, I've heard a lot of Bible school students talk about how hard they had it financially through Bible school. I couldn't, I can't say that. I was, I was blessed uh, more than I knew what to do with because of the gifts of the Spirit. And think of this. Very few people can say they started the day with Brother Shambach praying for him, yeah. finished the day with T.L. Osborne blessing him. Right. <laughs> but it shows me something. In the realm of the Spirit, the Bible says the lines of God are falling on us in pleasant places. Who you are associated with, who you are hooked up with, determines your blessing. Amen. And both of those men were big advocates of operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Power, the voice of power. R.W. Shambach believed in being filled with the Holy Ghost, healing the sick, casting out devils. Brother Osborne changed nations yeah. by yielding to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He believed that whole nations could be saved and healed at one time. He used to call it healing in mass. Not a coincidence. As many as are led by the Spirit. And so in the lineage of the Spirit. God had those two great men of God. I never used the word generals, and I'll tell you why. I couldn't find it in the fivefold ministry list. <laughs> but you find apostle, right, and prophet, and evangelist, and pastor, and teacher. These are God's gifts. And the stories we're telling you has nothing to do with just the men themselves or the ladies. 
has to do with the faithfulness of God to those who will desire spiritual gifts, yeah. covet earnestly the best gifts, right. and believe God for a breakthrough in your life, whether it's financial, like you got a job, a place to live. Maybe you need a place to live. God, I, I have no problem believing right now God has had you tune in to this social media platform to get a word as we tell these stories of God's faithfulness so that you too, especially as we come towards the end of the year, what a year it's been. Yeah. But I prophesy to you, 2020 shall end and it shall be glorious. Amen. For me, it was glorious. Yeah. My daughter had a baby yesterday. Yep. Megan had a little boy. That's right. And his name is Asa. You know, that was A. Allen's first name. Yeah. I forgot about that. Shambach used to call him Ace. Amen. Well, now we got Asa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I was thinking about, too, was that, that that was not just those two confirmations, Brother Shambach, Brother Osborne. It wasn't just you know, about the apartment and just the job. But if you think of it this way, it was also a confirmation from the Lord that I'd made the right choice about which Bible school to go to. Because if I had gone north where I was planning to go, never would have had the encounter with Brother Osborne, never would have had that same encounter with Brother Shambach. So it was actually like a double blessing. Not only did I get the blessing of being led by the word of those men and the prayer of those men, but that encounter itself, just having hands laid on you by two men like that is also a confirmation that you're in the right place at the right time. And James has a question. What's the best way to yield to the spirit? Well, when we talk about yielding, we're talking about your will. You must will to follow after God. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. So yielding begins with a choice. I will serve the Lord. Right. I will let my life be used by God. God's not going to force himself against your will. Now, someone, how do I know that it's God's will to do these things? Henry B. Wilson wrote a book years ago in 1898. I have a copy. It's called... God's will for the world. Chapter one, first sentence. The word of God is the will of God revealed to our world. The word of God is the will of God is the will of God for our, and instead of world, I'm going to put it, our life, your life, my life. So when we talk about yielding, it starts with a choice. I will be used of God. Now remember, everything's a seed, seed time and harvest. When you choose God, then God will choose you. Many are called, but few are chosen. What is the process where God chooses the few? Did you ever think about that? I believe it's not because God says, I'm going to use him and not her. No, he's no respecter of persons. The process begins in you. How much of you will you give to God? How much of you, how much of me, will we give to God? 
And in that sowing of our will, by yielding our will to the will of God, well, then we reap the harvest of God's blessing and God's favor. And favor comes upon faithfulness. Amen. If Put that in the faithful, comments. What? Fa favor comes oh. upon faithfulness. That's oh, a great. talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in the comments. Those that are watching, there's Pastor Alan Walkham. Put that. In, it's so vital that people get that. Favor is never random. Favor comes upon faithfulness. Favor comes upon obedience. Sorry. You know, ahead. God just blessed Alan with wisdom and he made a few moves because he's yielded to the Holy Spirit. He'll end up this year in a better position than he started this Amen. year. Amen. And Alan would be a good example. That's all I would say publicly because I haven't asked him for permission. But Alan was led by the Spirit. Yeah. But I tell you, Alan and Sherry, yeah, they that. have spent years yielding to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, the next thing when we talk about yielding to the Spirit Sometimes God will place a demand on your flesh. Mm -hmm. One night I was in a meeting and the Lord said, start dancing. I thought, dancing? <laughs> he said, start. So I just started. I didn't feel the anointing. I didn't feel suddenly. I just started dancing before the Lord. And as I did, the anointing got stronger and stronger and stronger in that service. Someone jumped up and took off running around the auditorium. And we had one of the most powerful operation of the gifts of the Spirit that night that I'd ever seen. But I had learned a lesson. Years ago, I was in Portsmouth, Virginia at Homer Peterson's church. And his son, or his brother, Joe Peterson, who pastors in Florida, a good friend of ours. And your mother and I were sitting there, and Joe was preaching. And he had come up to Homer's church. He was preaching. He and Kathy were there. And Joe said, everybody that's sick, come down here. God's going to heal you tonight. And about 90 people lined up across the whole front of that church there in Portsmouth, Virginia. Well, as Joe got ready to minister, the Lord said to me, Get up and run around this auditorium and I'll heal all those 90 people. I looked at Bonnie. She didn't know what God said to me. I said, hold on to me. She didn't know, but she, you know, she looked for any chance to hold on to me. And <laughs> I didn't do it. And when I, in my will, had the thought, I'm not going to run around this building, an older woman in front of me jumps up gets out of the pew and runs around the church. And when she made that first lap, all those 90 people fell out under the spirit without anybody touching them but God. Later that night, when they had testimonies, everybody claimed to be healed. By that I mean they knew that there was healing in their body. I said, Lord, the next time you tell me to run, I'm going to run. See, I hadn't yielded my will and when you don't yield, you don't receive. Mm -hmm. So we go up to Moncton, New Brunswick for our dear friend, David Emler. I went, he and I were roommates in Bible college and he had us in to preach a meeting. Well, these people were very staid, 
That British influence in Canada was obviously upon them. <laughs> and they all sat there like wooden soldiers. We sang, we praised God. And Brother David said, now Brother Ted's coming. I get up, man, that thing was so dead. Not David's fault. It's just sometimes people get into a deadness. Maybe that was the service. They all chose to be that way. <laughs> so as I stand there, I hear, I've never been there before. This is a reserved crowd. I'm in another country. <laughs> I hear, all right, run. What? I hear it, run. I jumped over the pulpit, just cleared the communion table, landed <laughs> off balance in the, in the front altar area, and I ran straight up the center aisle. And just like a tennis, tennis match, everybody's head followed me up, everybody's head followed me back. I'm coming back, but I didn't realize there was an incline to the center aisle. I was running so fast that my head got in front of my feet. And I wiped out and landed up underneath the communion table. I tore my shirt, my elbows bleeding, hit my head on the communion table, and <laughs> hurt my knee. When all of a sudden, here I am under the table, everybody's looking, a woman clear over here yells out, Hey, I can hear. And the whole crowd comes unglued and the spirit starts moving. Here was a woman, we found out later, had been totally deaf, both ears, for over 20 years. Wow. But when I yielded to the spirit, in this case, God told me to run. That's how I had to yield. Then it released the gifts and the working of miracles and that woman's deaf ears came open. Never forget it. They have a, a Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada have a magazine they, they do. And someone called them and told them. And they came, interviewed the woman, and put that meeting in that, uh, like in the States, they used to call it Pentecostal Evangel. I don't know what they call it up there. But anyhow, revival broke out. Witches from the high school started coming. We were casting the devils out. <laughs> but all that came out of an instruction and then obedience to the instruction. And then, of course, I had to yield my flesh. First, it was my will. Mm -hmm. But you see, it went clear back to Portsmouth, Virginia. I said, Lord, the next time you tell me to run, I'm going to run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the PAOC. That's right, Jamie or Phil, whoever's typing in. Amen. <laughs> and that's what we did. And we had a mighty move of God. Wow. Yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit. And then there's times where the uh, gifts of the Spirit or the, the leading of the Holy Ghost will actually protect you uh, from harm and danger. Uh, tell that story when they, you had a couple of people that were conspiring against you uh, and the Lord showed, showed it to you while they were doing it. I think this is the story. I was home after supper, and I sat down in the Lazy Boy there. I had a big old brown Lazy Boy someone gave me. And as I sit down, I hear in my spirit, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. And I'm thinking, why would God want me to watch Jeopardy? <laughs> that was a TV show at the time. It may still be on. I don't know. 
But I hear it, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. And uh, next thing I know, my spirit goes out of my body. I'm in the back seat of a car on a country road, and I see a lady and a gentleman, both who had worked for us, and I hear their conversation. And they were making plans that would have done great damage to the early days of our ministry. It, it would have probably ended what we were doing. We were at a critical point. And I hear what she says to him. I hear what he says to her. And next thing I know, I'm back in, the, in my body. I'm back in the chair. Was that a dream? Did I fall asleep? It was very unusual. When there's a knock on the patio door. I get up, I go out through the kitchen, and I open the patio door, and there's the young man. I said, come in. He comes in. You could tell he had a full head of steam. He was getting ready to rebuke me, do something. And I said, the Lord gave me these words. I said, what were you doing in a car on a back road with a married woman? When I said that, all of, all of his strength went out of him, and he fell to his knees. <laughs> fell to his knees. Well, he said, she turned on me. She called you. I said, no, the Lord told me. And I said a few things to him. Then I fired him on the spot and let him go. Well, years later, I saw the boy. And you know, his life's never been blessed. Do you know all of his children were born with autism? Very See, sad. he never repented of touching the anointing that God had given us. And the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I don't know what you would call that because I saw it, so it's revelation. It's a word of knowledge gift. See, the word of knowledge, you either see it, hear it, or know it. There's a knowing. But you see through a glass darkly. You only know in part. You prophesy in part. You don't, God doesn't give it all to you. But that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And if I had not had, had that experience, see, I don't say I'm going to go out of my body and go somewhere. I didn't know that was going to happen. The right. Lord did that. And that's happened to me several times mm -hmm. in these last 44, 45 years. I've had that experience. I don't talk a lot about it because, of course, we only want to bring glory to the Lord. Right. But may I encourage you, God uses these gifts also to protect you from the snares that the devil sets to try to keep you mm -hmm. from fulfilling the call of God on your life as a believer, as a minister of the gospel, whoever you may be, be encouraged today. I saw my dear friend, Sister Doucette, Canada needs a prayer covering. No, you know what Canada needs? Yes, I do believe you need prayer. Canada needs a mighty revival that will shake all the devils out of the nation. Mm -hmm. America needs a mighty revival to get rid of all of the devils out of the nation. And let me tell you something. God already has a plan. And he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And part of the outpouring of the spirit will be and is the operation of the gifts of the spirit. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's, and then, you know, think about it this way too. As my dad said, you can't, you can't try to make those things happen. And I think one of the dangerous things that 
and probably many people do it out of a, a, a hunger for the move of the Holy Ghost, but it ends up being, uh, you know, a little bit wacky because people try to make these things happen. You can't make it happen. As the Bible says, it's as the spirit wills. You know, I heard a story recently. There was a whole group at a certain Bible school. I won't mention the name that uh, they said, you know, if Jesus can do it, we need to be able to do it. And so they went into a room and they all were practicing walking through walls <laughs> and a lot of bruises. <laughs> there were a lot of bruises, but that's a true story. People, if Jesus can do it, we need to be able to do it. And they were literally trying to manifest walking through walls. And they, you know, it's like, you know, you have these services where everybody says, all right, everybody get up and right now. Uh, begin to prophesy to somebody next to you, begin to give a word of knowledge to somebody next to you. If the Lord doesn't give you one, don't try to give one. Because then, and, and talk some about this, because what happens is, is that if you're always trying to look for a manifestation, the devil will accommodate you, and then there you can end up yielding to a familiar spirit. Anytime, anytime that we try to replace, and I want to use this word, the spontaneity, the immediacy, the freshness of the move of God with a plan of man or, uh, you know, it's like I was in a church and they had what they called a church bulletin, the order of the service. Mm -hmm. But I was surprised to see they gave God 10 minutes to move at the end of the service. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was reading this in Psalms yesterday. I think it's Psalm 78. Palms. <laughs> Palms. <laughs> hey, even the devil can quote scripture. He just doesn't quote it right. But uh, <laughs> the palmist. The palmist said, yes. Yeah. She runs a little store down on the left. Yeah, she'll read your palm. That's got to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Amen. But anyhow... Now you made me lose my track, I thought. <laughs> I was out of track. Uh, any, uh, Psalm 78, it says, Limit not the Holy One of Israel. We need to take the limits off of God. Amen. I say it this big. In fact, I wrote an article. We need to think big, believe big, receive big. Amen. We need to get a bigger vision of what God wants to do. Mm -hmm. And so friends, I tell you this with all of my heart, that with God, Luke 1, 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, how do we take the limits off of God if it's not completely surrendering our will and our flesh to the will and the anointing of God. Mm -hmm. And so going back to that area of yielding, yielding to the spirit, I believe the will, which speaks of the mind, the will, the intellect, the emotions, that's the soulish realm. We need to, how do I want to say it? We need to get a bigger concept of God. If you ever do anything and you say, well, this is what I feel I should do, there's probably no God in it. Anytime God's ever told me to do anything, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the usually the finances to do it. Mm -hmm. It was so big, I just did it. 
And then the Lord, uh, the Lord brought in the finance, brought in the people, mm -hmm. did the work. And, you know, right now, I preach every week in 182 nations of the world on television. Every week. Every week. But if you'd have told me that when I was 21 or 22, starting out in the ministry, mm -hmm. I'd have thought, what? How in the world could I ever do that? Because you see, the process of yielding to the Spirit every time you do, you're sharpening your spirit man or spirit woman, and you're getting bigger on the inside. Now, in Mark's gospel, one man filled with a legion of devils, so many that it took a whole herd of swine, had that legion, perhaps 2,000, in his spirit. How big the spirit of a man or woman is. And yet, when Jesus came, the devils left. The man is now empty and void, but God filled him. Someone said, I want twice as much of God as what I got now. Well, if you did, and he answered that, you'd be blown up into little pieces all over the world because you're never going to have twice as much of God. But you can have a double portion of the anointing that he's poured out, or in other words, increase. That's how I got working with Brother Shambach. I was in Bible school. He was preaching at the John Hancock Auditorium in Boston. He didn't know me. I hadn't seen him since I was a little boy, his sister's funeral, Aunt Margaret. When she died, he came in for the funeral. Well, I'll never forget this. When we um, went up there, me and George Rosado, Brother Shambach was preaching, and he preached that night on Elijah and Elisha. Elisha wanted twice as much as what Elijah had. And we know that happened. Elijah had eight miracles. Elisha had 16. Mm -hmm. Well, when he was done, he called a, a line of the people to pray. There's about 800 people in that auditorium. And so I uh, got in the line, and I'm coming with the people. But when he gets to me, instead of just laying hands like he, he stops. That had to be a work of the Spirit because he didn't know who I was. He hadn't seen me since I was about six or seven years old. Well, never forget it. He put his hands on his hips and he said, what do you want? Like that. I looked him right back in his eyes. I said, I want twice as much as what you've got. You could tell it shook him. He just preached it. Now here's a guy that's saying what he preached. He, I'll never forget, he took his hand way back here. I said, uh-oh, here it comes. Bam! He laid hands on my head, knocked me back about two feet. And he said, do it, Lord. So I went to walk on by with the rest that were going by. And he grabbed me. He said, here, stand by my side. So I stood next to him, finished praying for all the people. When we were done, he said, what's your name? I told him, Ted Shuttlesworth. You that little Shuttlesworth boy? I said, yes, sir. What are you doing up here in New England? I said, I'm going to Bible school at Zion. Oh. oh, he said, hey, can you come back and help me again tomorrow night? Well, I did. And that began a relationship by the Spirit. Though we knew each other, you know, I was six, he was a grown man. Years go by, 12 years. <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord put that together, see. And that is not only an amazing story to me, 
But when I tell it, it shows me how much God wants to fill you with more of his spirit. And the more of the operation of the spirit, and I believe this, then the greater the manifestation of the gifts. The more of the Holy Ghost that gets in you to operate, there will be a greater manifestation of these gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And once again, if you're just tuning in, every believer has the potential to operate in the nine gifts of the Spirit because the giver of the gifts is in you. You know, there's, and I'm sure you could talk about this, but, you know, there's people that have said in the past erroneously, well, I have the gift of healing. I have the working of miracles. I have tongues and interpretation. But nobody has any of the gifts. You have the giver of the gifts, which means you have the potential to operate at any given moment as the Spirit wills in the gifts of the Spirit. One of the things that I have thought of that I think is really amazing is before Paul even define the gifts of the Spirit to the Corinthian church. We see in Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer and saw that lame man. Thank you, Pastor Spencer. Love you. Oh, my um, Brother Michael. Saw that lame man at the gate begging. Notice they did not If you try. don't have this, Brother Mike, we'll send it to you. Amen. I thought I gave him one. We'll get him one. Yeah. Notice they didn't try to define which gift of the Spirit they had in operation, in their ministry. Nobody had even defined that yet. They just knew that the same things Jesus did, they had the ability to do. And they saw the lame man and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, such as I have. That's a key. Every believer has something in them. Well, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's on the inside of you that you receive by the laying on of my hands. Right. A lot of thoughts in that. One, the gifts can be given by impartation. Secondly, they reside in your spirit because the Holy Spirit is in you. But you still have to stir up the gift. And I've read that, and notice it doesn't say gifts. It says gift. Mm -hmm. I've always felt that speaks of the Holy Spirit himself. Once you receive the Holy Spirit, he's in you, and in him is the gifts. And they work severally as he wills anyhow. But you got to stir yourself up. You got to desire spiritual gifts. You got to covet earnestly the best gifts. Amen. And so I believe with what you're saying there is exactly right. And to encourage you that are watching, the potential, the potential to be used of God is in you. You see what's happened, son, I believe. We've become too focused on the outward in the church. Mm hmm. You know, you know, building buildings and uh, renovations and uh, setting up music school and setting up training classes and all this. Forgetting, it's a simple thought. Preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Preach the gospel to every creature. And the gospel is good news. And the gospel has in it healing. Jesus bore our sins on the cross. Therefore, when you preach the gospel to every creature, every 
sinner can be saved. He carried in his body disease. He bore that to the cross, which means every sick creature can be healed. Now, let me add the word now. Now, now. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about these things, these wonderful stories, it really boils down to a simple truth. We're to preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. Amen. And that gospel is forgiveness of sin, healing of sicknesses and diseases. But I think we could also say that gospel contains the mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Who, when he is come, the Spirit himself will cause us to triumph in uh, literally over every opposition the devil has designed against us. And here's the thought that came to me from the Old Testament today. You've exchanged my glory, the prophet said, for that which does not profit. Yeah. You've exchanged my glory, the prophet said in the Old Testament, for things that do not profit. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit, is moving, he profits with all. So the contrast is clear. Without the Spirit, you've exchanged the glory. Yeah. With the Spirit, you have that which makes you a profitable servant to God. Mm-hmm. If, and let me say this. We've got preachers watching, and some I know, and they're nice people. Uh, empowering pastors' wives. She's a nice lady. Her husband's been on, Winona, Jamie Hutchings, and the whole crowd. But let me say this. There's too much filling up of many people's minds and there's nothing wrong with studying, but I spent probably the first 30 years of my ministry reading books by other men, filling my mind up with dead men's brains. They're dead. You need a fresh revelation, a fresh, and that only comes by getting this Bible and opening this Bible and studying the Word of God, see, the Word of God. And so I went through my library, and you can see stacks of books on the floor. I just cleaned the shelves off. I might have a concordance, or I might have a Bible geography uh, reference book. I might have a Strong's concordance over there. But I begin to get me some legal pads and my Bible, and I'd write down scriptures, and I'd meditate on it. And when I started doing that some years back, there was an increase of the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. In other words, I feel I have proven there is a direct link, a direct link between the study of the Word and the operation of the Spirit. Literally, I believe there's a direct link. And the more of this Word that we digest, ingest it into our spirit. I taste it and it tastes like honey in the rock. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. And so 
especially our dear preacher and ministry friends, but everybody. We owe our world the gospel with signs and wonders, as Patty uh, Pearson Lee typed in a little while back. Signs and wonders and miracles. We owe our world the gospel. Amen. Our debt is to the world, and the debt is the gospel. We owe the world the gospel. Amen. And may I just say, it's not that people say, well, it's not that easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. If you're struggling, I'm talking to some preachers. I don't know who it is. If you're struggling in ministry, it's because, it's because, if you're struggling, it's because you're not fully yoked to Jesus. If he said, my yoke is easy, then he didn't lie about it. It should be the easiest thing in the world to serve the Lord. I didn't say you wouldn't be persecuted. They that would live godly in Christ Jesus must suffer persecution. But you should have a good life. If you're truly yoked to Christ. Did I ever tell you the story? We're talking about a story. Dr. Crandall, you remember Ben Crandall. He's still alive, 95 years old. Brother Crandall called me and said, could you take me? I have a doctor's appointment. So I took the van, that old brown van that I had, beige and brown. Went and picked him up. We're driving downtown Providence, Rhode Island, and we hit rush hour. So some nitwit, nutcase, decides he's not going to wait in that long line on 95. He gets up on the berm with his truck and starts barreling down the side of the grass and hits one of those big lights that are out over the interstate and shears it off at the base. It falls and smashes right on my van. And the impact, the windshield, the, the windows shatter. And just like in slow motion, little pieces of glass, I see them coming through the air. The van is shaking and the glass and then the van stops. I look over because a big shard of metal I saw go between me and Brother Crandall. I'm looking to see if he's injured. He looks fine. I said, are you all right? He said, I'm fine. Teddy, at that, we had a baby chair in the second row of the van. That metal, like a knife, went right into that baby seat. Right into that baby chair. We get out. He said, look and see if you're bleeding. I looked, no blood. I said, let me see if you got glass in your hair, Dr. Crandall. Ted, I didn't see even one little piece of glass in his hair or on his clothes. Not one. He checks me out. Not one piece of glass. We look, and the outlines of our hidden body in the chair, there's glass embedded all around us, but not one shard of glass or metal on us. Wow. The state police come. He comes up to me. He's got his book. He said, who was in there? He said, did they rush him to the hospital? Because he sees the damage. I said, no, here we are. He looked, he said, are you hurt? He sees the outline of our heads and bodies. The state trooper. 
He's looking. No. And I said to him, no, the Lord protected us. And Dr. Crandall goes, amen. And the state trooper flips his book shut and walks away. It's the last <laughs> I saw him. Let me tell you something. These stories are not just stories. They're a testimony of God's mighty power to his servants. Amen. Between Brother Crandall and I at that time, let's see, you were born in 82. That was probably 1983. And I started preaching in 74, nine years. Brother Crandall been preaching at that time, 50. There was about 60, 70 years of preaching there between the two of us. More on Brother Crandall's side than mine. But the point I'm making to you is, you dear preachers, ministers, believers that are watching, God has an investment in you. And whatever God has to do to protect you from the attacks of the devil, he will. And right now, the church is under an attack. But I like what your Uncle Tiff said the other night. He said, godly men do not take advice from ungodly men. Godly men do not take advice from ungodly men. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of devils on the loose trying to tell you what to do, but the God you serve gives you a protection, an anointing. The Spirit is in you. It stirs you up. Karika Hallelujah. Amen. And we are living in the finest hour. And some of these stories are going to be your stories. You could tell stories Amen. of what God's done. Yeah. It's miraculous. It's wonderful. Yes. God is on the move. Would you pray? I know people have a desire, but I want a few things. I, I would love to see more people have a hunger. You know what's interesting to me is reading John G. Lake's books. After all that he had seen and did for the Lord, all the miracles, all the signs, all the wonders, all of the supernatural things he saw, he said, if I could impart any one thing to the body of Christ, his answer was spiritual hunger. He said, spiritual hunger is what I would impart to, to the body of Christ. If it's I the could. only way you can be filled. Jesus taught that right. in his sermon. Blessed are they which do hunger yeah. and thirst. Yep. After righteousness. After right living. For they shall be filled. Yeah, the only way you can be filled with what we're talking about is to get hungry. And so I want to pray. I want my father to pray for you today that a few things. Number one, that there would be a supernatural hunger that would come upon you. And obviously, obviously we understand it's not going to come upon everybody because not everybody's going to yield themselves to the Holy Ghost. But for those of you that are faithful, I want to ask God that he would put a supernatural hunger in your spirit that he would lead and guide you to do greater things for the kingdom in 2021 and even in this final month coming of December than you ever have in the history of your Christian life. And that number three, you would begin to see the greatest testimonies in your own personal life that you've ever seen in one year. We've been confessing 2021 is going to be a year we're going to run in the Holy Ghost. We'll run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, a divine momentum's coming upon the faithful for 2021, and we're going to see God move. And so I'd like my father to pray for you that hunger would come upon you, a leading would come upon you, and you'll see the greatest miracles that you've ever seen in your life. In Jesus' name. One of the things that I believe that we need to set ourselves to do as we're getting ready to go into 2021, we're going to gather up the spoil. Yeah. 
God has sent ambushments, especially here in the United States. God is ambushing the devil's crowd. Amen. And they're in full mode panic. And I thank God for that. I thank God that the Lord has you in his heart and upon his mind. The second thing I want to say is, as we go forward in faith, I'm working on an article right now. Faith always goes forward. The first key, forgetting those things which are behind. you got to break off and lay aside every weight that tries to hold you back. In fact, would you do this right now before I pray? Type in this word free. Type in the word free. Because to go into 2021... You need to go in free. Free. I'm going to give you a moment because I feel the Spirit in this. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. Jamie leads off. Phil, Jamie, whichever one of you dear folks. Free. Free. See, now we're getting in an agreement. This is how mass prayer works. Because all of a sudden, everybody at the same time gets the same word of faith. Free. Come on, folks, type it in. Patty Pearson, again. Bonnie, Manny. Oh, God bless you. Jennifer, Todd. Ricky Sell, love you, buddy. Yeah, Ricky's a great guy. His mom works for us here. Winona, yes. Free. Come on, folks. Let's do this before we pray. Let's get into an agreement. Freedom only comes through Jesus Christ. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Ora, badondo, koshianda, raba sondoraha. Free, free, free. Uh, by typing in that word free, you're saying I forget those things which are behind. I lay aside everything that would try to weigh me down. I'm free. I feel like flying. <laughs> Brother Allen's sermon. Yeah. I feel like flying. When you're free, you're free by your will. See, again, let me encourage you, Dennis, Yes, thank God for the blood, but that's not that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about your will. What Jesus has done is already done, but that doesn't mean you're going to enjoy the benefit of it. So yes, thank God for the blood, but you must make a personal decision. Mm -hmm. I'm free. That's why I said just type in the word free. Type in the word free, 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 because then you've made a choice. You've made a choice. My choice is I'll follow Christ. I'm going to be free. Now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith. I'm going to pray this prayer that I've prayed over probably. I know for a fact, as I've kept records since, well, 1976 to the present, I've probably laid my hands on over one million people. Over a million. I used to write down how many were in the services, so forth. Donnie Johnson used to help me keep the records. And that's a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. But you want to know something? I can't do it individually with what God's about to do. Amen. This third great awakening, which I believe has already started, it's going to be so big. We've got to get rid of outdated and outmoded methods. And we got to get ready to pray mass prayers like I'm going to do right now. Because think of this, pastors. 
If God puts 500 people in your auditorium and 400 get saved, if you prayed individually for each of the 400, it'd be the evening before you'd be done. But how do you pray for people when they want to get saved? You pray one big prayer. You at this altar, pray this prayer with me. Well, you got to do the same thing with healing. If God gives us a thousand people, 2,000 people, I learned my lesson. I was in Nigeria. I tried to lay hands on thousands and thousands, and I went home and almost died in the hotel. All my strength out of me. They gave me two gallons of water, and I barely could move. I mean, I was that shot. I knew on my way home to these states, I got to find a better way to minister to the crowds. It's this area of mass prayers and mass faith that we're going to have to move into for this great ingathering in the third great awakening. Amen. So now I'm going to pray it. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Father, in the name of Jesus, yes. I pray three things for hundreds of the people that are watching right now. Number one, I pray that the desire for the anointing would increase yes, in every believer now. Jesus. Father, give us a double portion of this anointing that is operating today. I pray that you would receive a double portion yes. of that anointing, twice as much as what you have oh, now. Increase, increase, increase in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yes. The second prayer I pray for you is that God will not only increase your desire for the things of the Spirit, but I pray that you would yield to the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus. God, let every one of us now yield to whatever your Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Thank you. Now, I say this by the Spirit. Some of you, your husbands are not going to go with you. Some of you, your wife won't agree with you. Some of you, your children won't go along with it. But do you have the strength and the boldness to say, if nobody else goes, yeah. I will follow Jesus Christ. Jesus. I will yield to the Spirit. Yes. You might be ostracized. They may put you out of your church. But I'm telling you, this is the key. This is the key Amen. to a greater manifestation of the glory of God. Amen. Then thirdly, I pray, and I believe I have the mind of God. I pray that the redemptive works of Jesus Christ, yes. as Brother Hopper said a moment ago, through the blood, would be applied to your life right now. I pray in Jesus' name, Thank you, Lord. a wall of protection around you. I pray in Jesus' name, supernatural money comes to you. I pray in Jesus' name, healing, deliverance, all of God's power to take sickness and disease off of your body and out of your life come upon you now. Yes, Lord. And then, Lord, these three things that we have prayed for the people, bring your mighty Holy Spirit upon it. And confirm this word with signs following. Yes. And Jessica Arnold says, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, Ted, they need to get this. This, this. this has some good stories in it. Yeah, absolutely. Of how God took this ministry. I'll even sign it to you. 
Did you say how much you yeah, wanted for, them for to everybody do? that's sewing a hundred dollars uh, for the rest of this month? Uh, we're not just going to include my friend Pastor Joel Stocksdale's book, but this book, 40 Years of Marriage and Ministry, uh, that we put together during that 40th year anniversary. <clears throat> Let me say this. There's only about 500 copies left. Yeah. So the first 500 people mm-hmm. that give to your ministry uh, today uh, will get it, and I'll even sign these, son. I'll sign yeah. them. One of my favorite parts is the Shambach years. The years that I spent with R.W. Shambach, there he is, the man of God. <laughs> Amen. I'll show you one of Teddy and Megan. Yeah, look this, at that. This was, which one is Teddy, which one's Megan? <laughs> they both had a big head of hair. There's Teddy with that green shirt and sweater. There's little Megan who had a baby yesterday. Megan had a little boy. Amen. And if you'd like to get this. If you'd like to get this, yeah. and at least a thousand comments today show us people are interested yeah. in the things of the Spirit. I'm going to lay hands on these like I do the prayer cloths I pray over. And I'm going to ask God to put a tangible anointing in this story of my wife and I's ministry. That's her on the front. She's the good looking one. <laughs> and uh, if you would like to have this, what did you say for those who give a hundred? And also Joel Stocksdale. I love Joel. Yeah. His brother Jonathan. I Excellent. knew his grandfather, Roy Stocksdale. Yep. In fact, he wanted me to take the Bible school in Scotland one time. He called me. <laughs> Would you be glad to go to Peterhead and take the Bible school? I said, let me pray about it. Before I could get done praying, he called back and said, I got someone else to do it. <laughs> and I thank the Lord. And we have someone from Glasgow, uh, Scotland on here today. Yeah. Love Scotland yes, and the do. Scottish people. Thank don't anybody tell them. Don't let them say you're tight. <laughs> That's a racist statement. The Scottish people are not tight. They're just wise and hold on to their money. Amen. <laughs> if you'd like to sow a seed, you can easily do it at MiracleWord.com. Uh, you can do it as uh, Patty and Pastor Mike. From the United Kingdom. Love you, Lillian. Uh, have done by using hashtag donate in the comments section on Facebook, Twitter, or Periscope. Because once these are gone, gone, they're they're gone. gone. I'm not reprinting it. Mm -hmm. So I'm offering it to you, and you have such a strong following. I know that probably... So we got to limit it. What I say, first 500, that's basically it. All that we have Yeah, for that. So everybody that's selling $100 or more uh, for the rest of this month, we're going to do that and be a blessing to you. Uh, you and can you're always, feeding children every day. Every day. Hundreds of children we're feeding every single day. Uh, we just increased, again, our partnership with Feed the Hungry uh, to feed even more children than we have. I met with Feed the Hungry when I was in Indiana just a couple of months ago uh, with the Walter House family. And I'm telling you, even it's amazing. And we'll, we'll play the video at the end of this broadcast. But even in a year uh, where it looked like they weren't going to be able to do everything God had called them to do, the doors opened. And they fed so many meals. I don't know Stefan will probably tell you about it. But they came up with new ways. They wouldn't let people congregate overseas to receive the food right. that they were trying to feed in the nations that needed it. And so they came up with an idea. They put trucks together and literally cooked the food, put all the food in the, in the trucks, and then drove the, the food through the cities and villages and literally handed out meals uh, in all the different places that were, were sowing to feed the hungry. So... Uh, it actually was a God idea, and they fed more people and had more. They just told me this when I was with them in Indiana. In this year of 2020, they've had more gifts in kind 
uh, farmers sowing food to the feed the hungry, all this stuff than they've ever had. It's been a supernatural year. God's blessing them. God is blessing them, and we're being a, we're a Whoever part of that. Whoever considers the poor, I will repay, says the Lord. That's right. So you're a part of that. Those of you that are standing with us in partnership, uh, if you'd like to set up a, a monthly seed, you can do that at miracleword.com. We've Carolyn and I have been praying that God would attach to this ministry a thousand people that would stand with us at at least $85 or more each month as we're getting ready to touch the world. And this new year is going to be super natural. We're getting ready to run. Can mom and I start at a dollar and a quarter a month? Yes. We're on social insecurity now. (laughs) If you're in the United States, you can use Cash App or Venmo or (laughs) PayPal. All the information is at MiracleWord.com. And of course, I always tell people this. If you would like to put your faith in the United States Postal Service, you're welcome to do it. Todd, you have to put the word uh, donate before the 100. It has to hashtag the word donate and then the number. Thank you very much for doing that. So hashtag first, then the word donate? Then the then the number. Yep. For then the, the number. For the Facebook so to recognize hashtag it. donate the number. No spaces. Right. Man, I learn every day. Thank you, Todd. Love hey, you guys. Todd's Might be a Janine. learner. In fact, <laughs> this one right here, Todd. I'll make sure you get this one. Amen. Amen. Crystal said, my husband works for them. We pray for Crystal's husband. Uh, I've had three people, if you can believe it, that said we mailed something. And uh, I said, we've we've not seen any, like, literally hide nor hair of what you sent. But seriously, I know it gets busy during the, uh, the uh, holidays. But I just do not put my trust in the United States Postal Service. So if you'd like to do it, God's uh, favor upon you, God's speed. There's Brother Jordan Bradford. Love you, Jordan. By the way, I said that to say, our mailing address is on the footer of every page of our website if you'd like to uh, step out on faith and use the Postal Service. Well, I'll tell you what. You folks know this. uh, Munchen, the Secretary, Treasury Secretary, is trying to get a law passed that uh, basically... uh, they're going to they're going to move us more towards giving online uh, cryptocurrency. It's coming. Now, will it come before Jesus comes? I don't know, but we've got to know this: we cannot stop giving because man changes right. the way that your blessing comes. Man does not determine your blessing; That's God right. does. And I've given this a lot of thought, and the more I think about it. I have a great confidence that the church's giving yep. is what is blessing the economy of no this question. nation and the world. No question. And the only reason we didn't go down, it's because, not any political thing, it was because of the church. I agree. And I really feel that as we come to the end of the year, we need to really just start giving money as a believer. It'll come back to you. Multiply, yep. multiply. And this is a great opportunity because I love Joel Stockstill. His spirit is added to That's a great book. Mm-hmm. And then I'm adding this to it. And what is $100? Someone said, well, it's Christmas. Good. Give yourself a gift and enjoy <laughs> your gift. Because just like we've been telling these stories, this I'm going to pray over these before we get them to you to give yeah. to the people. I'm going to pray God will give you your story. Amen. And then, of course, they say history means his, his story. story. Amen. Uh, let me make, make mention one more time before we uh, before we do anything else. Today, Black Friday, especially if you just logged on, you didn't know, we're doing something we've never done. 
We're bundling all the courses of Miracle Word University together, almost 40 hours of teaching, and giving you 42% off. Normally, it'd be about $345 for all of them. Today only, we're doing it for $199. Uh, If you go to MiracleWordU.com, and then you have to use the code at checkout, BUNDLEBF, BUNDLEBF for Black Friday, uh, as well as... We have all kinds of Black Friday sales in the store, shop.miracleword.com. Build your own book bundle, all kids merchandise, 50% off. Go check it out. Grab something. I'm telling you, you'll love it. But don't miss this because it's today only for the school. $199, you get all five courses bundled together in one, almost 40 hours of teaching. Our brand new course Divine Prosperity, Walking in Supernatural Financial Abundance is now available. Over eight hours of teaching. Wonderful. Uh, It's all available there for you. We love you guys. Thank you for uh, sowing seeds. Thanks for hanging with us this week. Thanks to my dad for being on with me all week. Wonderful. If if you've enjoyed it, throw some fire in the comments section. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We had, what, two, three hundred people jammed in there. It was great. There's Brother Herb Vance. Herb Vance. Love you, Brother Herb. If you believe that prayer today and receive it, throw some fire in the comments section. We love you. Um, don't punch anybody in the face today at the store. Don't push anybody out of the way. Don't take a club to anyone's knee. Just believe God for the full price on the flat You know, that television. happened to me. I was shopping, and a lady took out of my hand what I was getting ready to buy. It was the last one. I was picking it out of a bin. And I said, God bless you. And uh, she took off with it. <laughs> Stole my gift. Why did mom do that? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Bill's on. We love you guys. Well, Bill DiMatteo. I want to, uh, I'll show you this, what we were just talking about a minute ago. Uh, for those of you that um, have not seen this yet, we love you. Have a great weekend. Son, did you see I'm losing weight? I saw it. Uh, While well, I've been on today. I know. You know, somebody more said... More turkey. What? You know, somebody was at a, Somebody saw somebody and said, man, I saw myself. They said, you know, well, he said, you looked a little big on TV. I said, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds. They said, how many cameras were on you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We, we love you. We love you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back again with you in the studio. I believe Carolyn's going to join me on Monday morning, 1030 a.m. Have a phenomenal weekend. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.